Welcome to the Keep Building Podcast. I'm Todd Lebo, CEO of Majestic Steel. We're here to keep you informed in terms of what we're seeing going on in our industry, the market, and relevant topics. So let's keep building. Hello, and welcome to the Keep Building Podcast. This is Todd Lebo. I'm here with Chris Bellman and Scott Peskowitz. It's been a crazy year in steel so far. It seems like it, you know, it only gets crazier in terms of where is this market going and what changes we expect moving forward. There's been a lot of noise in the market recently about what's happening with supply, what's happening with demand, where will pricing go? You know, we're still at all-time highs. However, there's uncertainty about pricing moving forward. So we thought it'd be a good idea just to discuss today, what are we seeing and how do we kind of peel back the noise and look at what's actually happening and and where we're at, how we see things moving forward. I mean, is this just a a seasonal slowdown? Is there really a lot more supply available in the market? Has demand slowed down or is demand still relatively robust? It's just November, December. And I mean, steel prices can't go up forever and the market can't continue to operate like this. So at some point, you know, you're going to get to a point where, where things change. The other thing is, a lot has changed in the industry and supply chains in the last year as well. And how much is that considered into the current discussions and what impact will that have in 2022? Uh, a lot of the mills recently had their earnings calls, obviously, are having record performance. But how have they changed in terms of their approach on go-to-market, contract season, and then also, you know, where are they focusing? So, you know, Scott and Chris, let's start off with what, what's going on. Currently, I mean, Scott, you just listened to a lot of the mills earnings calls and kind of what's going on in the market right now. Why don't you share some thoughts in terms of what you heard and what you're seeing? Yeah. So all the domestic mills recently announced record quarterly earnings, record EBITDA margins. And just to put that into perspective, Nucor recently announced, like I said, record earnings of 2.13 billion. If you compare that back to 2018, that was the same, nearly the same amount that they saw in all of 2018. Massive earnings from from all the domestic mills. And like Todd mentioned, they all mentioned how they're working towards their contracts. So they're taking a different approach in that aspect, trying to lock down more longer term, you know, try to schedule things out maybe 12 months in advance versus before they take it a few months at a time. So there's really been an overall shift in how the domestic mills are looking at the current market and then going into 2022, how their contracts are working. Yeah, you talked about, I think we've seen a change. We've talked about the different change in leadership at all of the domestic mills over the last three, five, 10 years of consolidation. I think what's changed, what we heard a lot, not only with the record earnings, but the reinvestment, yeah. something we haven't seen in the industry for the past 15, 20 years. How are they using these record funds? They're not just sitting on it, whether it be greenfield projects, revitalizing old furnaces, further acquisitions. How do you feel like that is going to impact moving forward? We talked about the new capacity coming online, but why does it have to be a negative for the industry? Shouldn't it be seen as a strength that the players that we have today are strong and positioning themselves to continue to get stronger? Yeah, I think anytime in the past, new capacity coming online has been announced. It's always been looked at as, oh, there's going to be excess supply and mills are going to be fighting over the same business. I do think that it's premature to say that. Obviously, we have to see how the supply gets absorbed in the market. But really, where do we see future demand for steel? 
how long does it take for you know capacity to come into the market from a, a supply perspective and then also there's been a shift going on for a long time in terms of where production is and so is it net new capacity or is it just shifting in terms of how the mills are looking at their production capabilities, their capacity and where that production is coming from. The other thing is in 2021, you know, up until now, there wasn't really any spot market. And typically there is a healthy spot market throughout the year. I think that it's being overstated today, right now, in terms of how much spot availability there is. There's definitely more than there was, but there was nothing just a few months ago in the summer. I think that the spot availability today is signaling things that are being overstated. There's no doubt that the market right now has slowed and, you know, activity has slowed and people are cautious about buying at these price levels. And, you know, rightfully so we're at a historic high and not just a historic high. That's a little bit above where it's been in, in the past, but way above and to be able to see a few hundred ton movement, a few hundred ton dollar movements either ways is, is significant. So I think that the question is, when you peel back the onion and, and you look at what people are talking about right now, how much of that is noise in the system versus how much of that is fundamentals and actual? I think that as we get into 2022, that's the biggest question is how much of the current total apparent supply, whether that's domestic production, current inventories or, and imports can get consumed into demand. And what will the demand be? If it gets absorbed in the market, then we'll continue to see a healthy steel environment and steel market going into 2022. And if it can't, and order books weaken, lead times shorten, not to normal levels, but to below normal levels. I mean, right now we're talking about mills getting caught up to more of a normal lead time versus continuously being extended this year. So I think that's the big question. And, and obviously right now we're at a time of the year seasonally where you know people are more cautious about bringing steel in and carrying inventory going into the end of the year. I think those are you know some of the questions that still need to be answered that it's too premature to say. Yeah, you talked about buyer hesitancy. Do you think that is more of a negotiating tactic? We've talked about people kind of getting out of the market altogether as contract season's kind of upon us. It's been a big battle of what the market's going to do next year versus what the mills are willing to do on the contract and spot side. There's year-end taxes, uh, the threat of offshore, whether that's real to the domestic industry as a whole or not. And it's kind of put everybody on us on the sideline. Yeah, it's really we're really seeing everyone on a stalemate right now going through the end of the year. What you know, the mills don't want to budge, the, the spot market's starting to kind of open up a little bit, but we're starting to see, like I mentioned, more of a fundamental shift on the domestic mill side to try to work through contracts going into next year, try to, you know, drag this market as, as long as they can through next year. And as Todd mentioned with that this supply issue currently. You know, still still a lot of outages through the remainder of this year, which will keep things tight going into next year. So, yeah, I mean, psychology says when you hear continuously that the market has peaked and that prices are falling and that things are going to potentially weaken, then as a buyer, the last thing you want to do is jump into the market at that time. So I think that psychologically, when you're reading that and you're hearing that, 
you think that you should be getting a better deal or, you know, you think that the market's going to fall and that a few months from now, you're going to get a better price. And not that that's not going to happen because that can happen. But I think that the psychology and the signaling is probably greater than the actual, at least at this moment. I think that we've seen more discipline in this market cycle and environment and the, the current landscape shift than we've ever seen. So the fact that, you know, the indexes are, are still where they're at. I mean, you know, hot tip golf prices are, are still trading at historic highs, hot rolled, obviously a little bit weaker than, than hot tip golf for all the reasons that we, we know in terms of its end markets and, and demand for that product. And so the spread is at a historic high, but if you think about it, the, the pricing is still, you know, holding on at uh, very healthy levels and, and healthy spreads. And uh, the domestic mills are still taking a very disciplined approach. And then the import market is what it is. And so obviously the price between domestic and, and import prices is, is significant. So the question is how much can that import market feed? Historically, it's somewhere around 18 to, to 20%, greater than 25%. We're also, as you said, going into the end of the year. So how much will come in between now and then? as well as with the supply chain issues and port congestion. So ports are definitely going to play a bigger role going into 2022 than they have. But once again, if it gets absorbed in demand, you know, that's the, the big question. And I think that, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it, it's about demand. And so where will demand for, for steel products be? And is the steel industry in a better position today where it can get its product to market in, in, in a way that consumption for steel continues to grow to absorb new coating lines and new mills coming online and, and, and whatnot. So and that's what the mills are planning for. And that's what they're investing in. So, you know, we'll, we'll see in terms of how that shakes out in 2022 and beyond. So you talk about all the uncertainties in the market, different shifts and the indicators, which I mean, basically we lump a lot of things into buckets, four main buckets, supply, cost, demand, and ultimately pricing. You can go into each bucket and find things that are pointing up for the market, things that are pointing down. I mean, for costs specifically, it looks like scrap's gonna bounce back a little bit in November. Zinc's been up high, pretty much assured. We're gonna see a coating extra increase on the coated flat rolled side. And then on the supply side, some of the imports becoming a bigger issue. Imports have been trending up locally and then ultimately, but global production's down. We're seeing global production down eight consecutive months. A lot of that has to do with how China's managing their production. I think a lot of it has to do with the perception of the Winter Olympics in February, how they want to control their environment. But then also Cliff's moved up a, a maintenance for next year into Q4. We saw the slight easing as expected of the 232 regarding EU. I don't think it's going to have a major impact on that side, but it seems to be no matter what bucket you want to focus on, there's things still pointing up and things possibly trending in a different direction. It's just kind of getting through that minutia, finding out what's really happening in the market. Yeah, all the domestic mills also mentioned on their calls, just robust demand. They said the order backlogs are still, you know, the highest they've ever been. They said strength well into 2022. And they really said this, like I mentioned before, the supply chain is really what's going to prolong this, the duration of this cycle. That's really the main issue. And like I mentioned before, this is really, we're, we're seeing an overall economic cycle right now not just in the steel industry, but just, you know, on the manufacturing side, these uh, shipping shortages, shipping issues, things like that, that will prolong this steel market going into 2022. You talk about demand. I mean, it's two of the weakest 
sectors we've seen over the last year, auto and energy, seem to be somewhat finding some strength, depending on who you talk to on the auto side. Auto could be rebounding now as soon as now or as late as second half of next year. I mean, we just heard from GM this week that they don't have any supply related shutdowns this week for like the first time since February. So it seems to be they are catching up on some of their outages on the supply, starting to go back into full build, build mode. And on the energy side, it seems to be we almost are in a shortage of seamless pipe OCTG product that is almost relying on an offshore market that is extremely unreliable. Yeah, you made a good point, Chris, earlier. I mean, there are so many variables that impact the steel market, and everyone's always looking for that one thing that's going to kind of drive their decision on where things are going. And, and the reality is there's not necessarily one thing. There's a lot of variables that impact the market. So I think that that's the biggest thing is, is you have to be able to see kind of the, the big picture in terms of not just what you do specifically, what end market you're in or what products you buy, you have to be able to look at it across the board. And, and I think that that's a good point in terms of, you know, there's there's different variables that are, are signaling different directions. I mean, there's some that are signaling strength right now in terms of overall supply demand balance. And then there's some that are signaling weakness. And I think that we've gotten to a point where everything was signaling strength for the most part all throughout 2021 because of all the things that had gone on in, in the market and the industry. And now there's a few more that are uh, signaling weak, but we're still talking about a market that is much healthier than pre-pandemic levels and pricing levels that are elevated significantly compared to historic levels. And you know, there's some per- projections of a, a big crash or collapse, but I think that where we are today is is a very different story than where we were just before COVID. So, yeah, it's it's very interesting. I mean, we talk about things you don't want to get too close to the trees to see the forest. Where pricing in a your very niche market for you as a widget maker is very different from somebody else who's buying coated flat rolled across the country, different regions, different products. So it's just, I mean, I don't want to say it's been easy to analyze the market over the last year, but it's been pretty easy. Things are starting to get challenging now where things could be turning a little bit. It's getting fun. You can actually start to see how the pieces are all are coming together and changing and how pull on one side is impacting the pull on the other and kind of finding that balance throughout the supply chain. Yeah, you're, you're right. It's definitely much more challenging in that regard because it's going back a few months Uh, everything was pointing one direction and you can kind of generalize across the board. I think now you have to look at it by product, by end market, by region, the role that certain production will play in in the market, the role that imports play in certain regions versus other regions, contracts versus spot market, supply reliability versus pricing. And I think the biggest thing is supply reliability is going to always be the most important. And there might be more supply in, in the market in 2022 and, and might be able to rely on more spot tons. But if you really have to rely on it, then you have to make sure that that you have something guaranteed. So I think that we're going to see more spot market in 2022 than 2021. But at the end of the day, I mean, the domestic mills prefer to have contracts and most end users like to have contracts. And I think those contracts are being limited in terms of being able to get more tons, even though we're at this point in the market cycle. And if demand is up, 
then those end users are going to have to find steel somewhere. So right now, activity is definitely down, but all of our conversations in terms of end demand are still, you know, strong and healthy. I think there's, you know, some concerns about cost and inflation and where things go, but uh, generally speaking, for the most part, demand is, is still healthy. We're just, you know, at a time in the market cycle and a time of the year where things are, are off. Yeah, we're definitely seeing, I think we all agree, more of a plateauing in the market where, like Ty mentioned, a lot of moving pieces right now going into the end of the year, you know, people don't want to really commit to anything right now until they see which way this market's going to go. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how Q1 2022 is as far as the overall supply, demand, all the different economic factors, how that impacts pricing going forward. You know, the typical reaction of somebody that doesn't know what's going on or is uncertain is to just freeze and pause, wait to see. You don't want to be the first one in when the market's collapsing. You don't want to be the last one in when the market's rising. So people kind of sit back, wait, see where the get a good direction. But the problem is we talked about there's there's no real definite direction right now. So I think that's adding to the pause we're seeing in the market of people just kind of hold on. Let's get through the year. This has been pretty much a great record year for majority of people throughout the, the industry. So let's get into 2021, kind of regroup, reassess and move from there. But that's only going to put more, further emphasis on the spot market if everybody done, does that and then comes back at the same time. It kind of puts us all back in the same situation we were in 12, 18 months ago. Yeah, yeah and it's managing the market versus managing your business. And I think that, you know, most buyers need to manage their business first in the market. Second, obviously the market can have a significant impact on your business. I mean, being a steel service center, we carry inventory, the market plays a major role on our business. So, you know, for us, maybe that's more impactful than an end user where it's a percentage of their cost, their total, and, and they need to make sure that they have the, the right cost structure, of course, but the right supply and making sure that they can produce to the demand forecast that they expect. So I, I think that it's just going to be more clear in terms of what's happening as we move into first quarter of next year. And we're going to continue to have some uncertainty as we around the corner. And, you know, every index move week to week, people are commenting on, but with less transactions in the market on the spot side, we could see the index move differently than we have historically. Uh, I think that's a big thing is, you know, how much spot activity is, is happening right now, even if an offer were to come across the table, I mean, is that offer going to entice a buy given the pricing levels that we're at today, or are people going to kind of buy what they need, which is not a bad thing. That's a good thing. I mean, not necessarily bite on, on something that might not be good, you know, two, three months from now. So I think there's not necessarily like a, an offered number to incentivize that. So I think that's the other thing is from a domestic mills perspective, majority of their book is contract. It's, you know, either it's, it's tied to some index. And, and so what's the incentive for them to go out and do that unless they really need to, to go out and, and move those tons, but will they manage production or will they manage it through pricing? Time will tell in terms of that behavior. Yeah. I mean, it's a, open market, essentially, there should be ebbs and flows. You're not going to see a market that continues to go up forever. I mean, market fluctuations are good as long as you're managed for them, planned for them, and they're necessary into what's causing them. So it'd be interesting to see how, how it all moves forward from here and plays out. And as long as you stay in front of it, I don't think 15 
percent drop in pricing is really that bad as long as you are aware of it and see it coming are planning for it understand why it's happening and then know that it's always going to turn around and go back the other direction well it's definitely interesting times in the steel industry and steel market and the entire industrial supply chain and we'll continue to monitor it thank you all for joining the keep building podcast We covered a lot of topics today that are impacting the steel market. In summary, there's a lot of noise out there right now. The market definitely is at an inflection point, and there's a lot of variables that impact the market. But when you look at the fundamentals of supply and and demand, buying activity has slowed because of the psychology of where we are in the market cycle and seasonality. At the same time, though, it's, it's still a very strong market and demand is still healthy across most sectors. So we believe that going into 2022, we'll see a healthy market, even if there is a correction as as prices don't necessarily go up forever. And that's kind of where we are today in the cycle. If you have any questions ever, feel free to reach out to Chris and, and Scott directly or through our Twitter handle at Majestic Steel. We welcome any ideas on what you'd like us to talk about. There's a lot of conversations happening right now throughout the market, and we welcome any thoughts in terms of what we can hit on this podcast. So thank you all for joining and keep building.